You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, today we're going to be talking a little bit later on the show with arch skeptic, or not so arch skeptic, serious skeptic, Lance Moody, and who was a close friend of Jim Mosley, by the way, and we'll talk about his friendship with Mosley his investigations, some of which have really brought some fascinating results that even someone who believes in the reality of certain paranormal events will find certainly interesting. Now, one thing that has gotten a lot of discussion lately is that episode of the Jesse Ventura show. This is the one that you participated in, but most of what you did was on the cutting room floor. I know you talked about someone in last week's episode, Chris, but maybe we could get an update of where we're going on that because a lot of people now seem to be talking about it. Well, again, I, I stand by my carefully worded statements uh, last week about the project, at least the program about the uh, Sherman Ranch or the Skinwalker Ranch case seemed to have been hijacked and compromised uh, during the process. It took many months uh, more than it normally would take to produce a program like that. It was sent back and forth to the network to be edited. Uh, evidently, substantial changes were made. I was told the episode was great and some of the best work they'd ever done, and now it was merely good. And uh, it was hinted around that, uh, uh, let's put it this way, that uh, certain people were not happy about how the whole thing was handled. I've made the, the comment on at the, at the forum, theparacast.com, that um, it was if it was as if Bigelow had a hand, or Bigelow's people had a hand in in somehow selecting and uh, deleting certain okay, material. Okay, now you don't know personally that Bigelow was involved. No, I do not. It's just I suspicion based on the fact that it parts was, were taken away. It was away. as if he was involved, based on my my direct, close, personal involvement with the actual, you know, the the whole original idea of how to approach the Sherman Ranch portion of the show. The people to contact, the types of uh, focus, where th- where that focus should go. I work closely with the producers, uh, with the director, with the researchers, associate producers on developing that part of the show. They should have broken into two shows. They should have done one on Bigelow and really dove in on that subject and then done a complete show on the ranch. They tried to, uh, I think, bite off too much. The very fact that Robert Bigelow was was uh, pretty much ambushed on private property and and was willing for the first time, to my knowledge, to appear on network television, especially, definitely the first time where I've, that I know of that he's actually made comments uh, publicly relating to, to the paranormal. I would think that they would need to get legal, um, a, a legal release form from him to use his image and uh, his comments, the guy's a billionaire. You don't just uh, use a billionaire's statements about a controversial subject without having some sort of uh, understanding with that individual, and that would obviously be in writing. I don't care what some of our detractors, including today's guest, says about that. He's a television professional. He should know better than to say, oh, they didn't need a release for him. They do need a release for him to, to use somebody's image well, and, I know uh, when I've been interviewed like on TV, the very fa- whether the show goes on or not, I have to sign a release. I've been involved, Gene, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 television uh, projects. I have been working as a professional videographer, producing all sorts of 
different varied types of programming uh, for quite a number of years. I have never done a project where a release form wasn't required by somebody who was being focused on. Even people in the background in certain uh, instances need to have release forms just to be shown. So the assertion by today's guest uh, that 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 usually, usually a release form isn't needed, I, I'm sorry, that's, uh, that's, that's absolutely wrong. And he should know better, he claims, in a, a particular post that he actually, for some reason, um, deleted from the forums, that he was a news director for five years and had been working in, in uh, video editing, film editing for quite a number of years. So if anybody should know... Uh, if you're covering a news event. What? So you go and cover an event. You're not getting yes, permissions yeah. from people. You're covering a public event, and this is something where you send your cameras out, and as long as the public is admitted, you bring your cameras in or your audio recording gear or both, and you record what's there. You don't need permission from anybody. It's no. a public event. But when you sit down no. and have but someone interviewed, you want to know you have permission to do that interview. Well, the show was about Bigelow. Come on. The guy needed to sign a release form for Jesse's production company, who he's working with, to use his image and voice. There's just no way around that, especially since the guy's a billionaire. What are you going <laughs> to put yourself in legal jeopardy? You don't want to you know, have Bigelow own your production company after a series of litigations. Anyway, the bottom line is this. If Bigelow signed a release form, you know there was a negotiation there. There, there would have to be because um, I know how this is done. I negotiate my release forms oftentimes. So, and I'm, you know, who am I? I'm not a. And I'll tell you what. If you were, at least you station. can contribute to our show here. But right now you're just a poor working stiff, <laughs> and most of it is getting very stiff at our age. <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway, it's going to be a great show today. I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, Lance, I, I don't care what Lance may think of me. I really appreciate Lance uh, in many ways. I think he's, he's, for some unknown reason, decided to elect himself some sort of cop, uh, you know, psychop of, of our forum and, and has done a great job in, in, in really doggedly doing some research. And uh, we, we're going to obviously talk about that. And uh, he... He does have a very, uh, you know, rational, very objective, very conservative view about paranormal subjects. Uh, and, and he is a valued participant, as I mentioned on our forums, uh, for the forums. But, Gene, I think he sets a record. Yes, the first guest on the show who's been banned twice. Can you dig it? Have we ever had even a guest who has been banned? No, we have not. No, of course, so. we've had guests who were later banned, <laughs> such as he who shall not be named who, of course, was a follower of a certain one-armed person from Europe, a contactee. He was on the Paracast twice. He participated in our forums. And then we just had enough of him. I have had enough of you, like William Shatner said in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, when he was talking to Christopher Lloyd, who played us Klingon. Don't ask about that. But we decided we had enough of he who shall not be named, and therefore we banned him. He's gone. He's history. I haven't been banned, by the so, way, but I should tell you, you that you actually a former co-host of the show had me ban him a few times. <laughs> he banned himself, well, actually. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow. This would be fun. This would be fun. And by the way, just to let you listeners know, we also have been looking into a very lengthy review at Amazon Books of the two books, Missing 411 from David Politis. 
And there are some questions voiced, some possibly legitimate questions. Number one, about his background. Number two, about the extent of his research. And rather than talk about it here, because we're talking about pages of material with pages of references, and I've never seen such a long review at Amazon. Normally, a review at Amazon is a couple of paragraphs or maybe a page or so. This goes on for pages and pages. And this guy's not very impressed with David's book. All I'm going to say is you got to listen to both sides and see what happens. But without having read the thing thoroughly, because, you know, I have a life also, (laughs) I have to say that there are questions David Politis has to answer with regard to his research into the mysterious case of missing people. doesn't mean as research is wrong. Nobody's perfect. But let's see where that goes, and we're going to take it in future episodes. Meantime, on this week's episode, we have our favorite skeptic on the PowerCast forums at forum.thepowercast.com. He's Lance Moody. He's been active for a number of years in the skeptical movement, and we're going to find out why. We're going to find out about his research and we've got a lot of questions from you listeners to ask of Lance, and we'll see where that takes us. And I rather suspect he may be back for a sequel. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Neighbors, let's talk body language. You know, when meeting in person, we express so much through the raise of an eyebrow, a nod of agreement. These simple gestures help us communicate more effectively and get positive things done. That's why I recommend go to meeting with HD faces. You can meet face-to-face with colleagues and clients no matter where they are. GoToMeeting takes simple online meetings a big step forward with the highest quality HD video conferencing. Share how GoToMeeting allows you to easily collaborate with your team. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, once again, neighbors, use the promo code PODCAST. Try GoToMeeting. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Use the promo code PODCAST. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. 
Now the freeze-dry guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, 6-month, 3-month, 1-month, or 7-day Mountain House survival bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. You know what happens to your digestive health around the holidays? Right. Unusual schedules and foods you don't normally eat can cause upset stomach and indigestion. But you can prepare your digestive tract with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse from Terraganics.com. Pro-EM-1 is all natural and made with certified organic ingredients. It contains no genetically modified ingredients or preservatives and has no animal products, wheat, soy, dairy, or gluten. Pro-EM-1 does not require refrigeration, so you can take it with you over the river and through the woods to Grandma's house. Pro-EM-1 supports a healthy, regular digestive system, supports weight loss, and improves absorption of food nutrients. Improve your digestion and keep off those extra pounds with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse. Call or click Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Toll free, 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. He's here, Lance Moody, joining us on the Paracast with Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien. And he tells us here that he's scared to death of us, right? Well, I'm a little nervous. I haven't ever done an interview like this on, on the radio, at least a long one. I've, I've called in to talk shows before. I called in and spoke with Don Ecker once, and I enjoyed that. Cool. But uh, it's not something I do regularly, and I sure as hell don't know how we're going to do two hours. But uh, let's try. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what happens here is if we run out of things for you to say, Chris and I will fill in. Oh, good. Good. Talk a lot. Okay. Yeah, talk, want- talks amongst yourselves. Something like that. And Chris and I will just have arguments and debates with each other, and you can laugh or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, one of the things I wanted to mention early on, Lance, is that you were friends with Jim Mosley. And one of the things I said when we had our Jim Mosley Memorial Show a couple of weeks back is that Jim had a wide net of friends. He was friends with believers like Howard Menger, the contactee. He was friends with the people in the middle, like me or Chris, friends with skeptics like... You, like Phil Class, even Donald Menzel. I think he was friends with Tim Printy as well. uh, Sure. They spoke regularly. And early on, Jim was pretty friendly with the amazing Randy, James Randy. Yes, yes. But they had a falling out, which is complicated. But I know when Randy replaced Long John Nebel, when Long John went from WOR to WNBC in the early days of that particular show... Randy replaced him for about a year before he was fired. And Jim switched over and went on Randy's show. And they were pretty friendly. And later on, when I got into radio broadcasting, 
because Randy was kind of an amateur astronomer, I did an interview with him. I interviewed him in New York for one of my radio shows. So it was very interesting. Then later on, of course, he got involved in skeptics and everything. But as someone who's in the skeptical position here, tell us what you knew about Jim Mosley. I know there's an interview online that you recorded with him that's really fascinating. Yeah, I, I met him, I guess that was uh, 2003, if I'm not mistaken. In uh, We met at the site of the Mothman uh, stories. I think there was a festival going on uh, over there. I drove over and uh, I, at the time I was thinking I was going to do this documentary about Otis Carr. And Jim didn't know really anything about Otis Carr, but he was a regular on the Long John Nebel show. So I'd gotten very interested in the Long John Nebel show and started to collect episodes of that. And I talked to a lot of the people that were involved with the show. And I had known Jim really probably since the early 90s, right before I really became like a, you know, a hardcore skeptic. I subscribed to Saucer Smear and started talking to him on the phone. I, I enjoyed that. And then all through that time period from the early 90s all the way up to his death, I, I think I spoke with him maybe a week or two before he died. Uh, we would speak you know, once a month or so, sometimes a few times in a row. And then uh, other times, there maybe a little bit more time would go by. But uh, I definitely spoke with him quite a few times and many, many hours of enjoyment listening to him and, and having him tell me the stories and tell me about the the old personalities, many of whom have been forgotten now, and tell me about the Long John Neville show, his days in New York, his uh, and the crazy people that he he's known. You know, uh, I think that uh, I don't think many of your listeners can say this, but uh, I listened to the very first Paracast when it came out. I mean, like you know, right when it came out, and, I, and because Jim had told me that he was going to be on this show, and I, I sought it out. I don't remember if you were on. Apple iTunes feed at the time, or yes, we were from day yeah. one. Yeah, and and so I heard the show right when it came out. So I've been a uh, listener since the beginning, and uh, and of course I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed all the shows that Jim was on, and I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed many of the shows. I mean, there's there's a lot of exciting shows. Uh, you know, I have my favorites. Um, the show you guys did with uh, uh, Stephen um, Bassett. That's probably one of my favorites. That's the <laughs> one where he got a little bit ornery. He essentially, yeah, he essentially yeah. showed his true colors, yeah. You saw his ornery side. And, of course, when we did a couple of interviews with Stephen Greer, one time he was really angry, you could tell. That yeah, he was. Getting under his skin, which was good. And not <laughs> that we asked him a very hard question either. It's kind of you express a degree of skepticism suddenly – you know, yeah. he went he off jumped the deep all end. over you. Yeah, he, he kind of really ready to just go off the deep end right there. Didn't happen. Well, well I know that uh, that you and David have you know have have split ways as well. You had your own falling out, but uh, he certainly brought like a, a you know a sense of excitement to some of those early shows because you really didn't know where where they were going to go. I don't want to get into the discussions of the split up, but very much amicable. I know there are some issues later on, but he sent me a letter saying that the presence on the Paracast was hurting his, as they say, civilian career, and he couldn't do it anymore. And let's just leave it at that, because that 
is, as far as I'm concerned, the official explanation. There may have been some other concerns he voiced later on, but I'd rather not get into it. The key is here is that you've been a listener to the show for a long time. You've also been a very regular participant, between being banned a couple of times, a regular <laughs> participant in the PowerCast forums. Why would we ban you, by the way? Gosh, I think I think they. Who knows? You, you, I'm I not think saying, you're the only guest that's ever been on that's been banned. Not not <laughs> not only once, but by both of us. Well, I very well may be banned any time now. You know, you just never know. It's. Uh, I, I think David banned me the first time because I said something you know that he didn't like. But you know, I I, I like David and 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 I like uh, I like Eugene. I, I wanted to mention also. I, I thought of some of the things that I could say in the five minutes that I thought I could fill. Um, I remember that I met you actually just online well before anything to do with the paranormal. Uh, I was an early user of, I don't know if it was called America Online then or if it was had another name related to Apple. Uh, but, actually, uh, here's the, I'll give you the history. You want to hear the history? The history yeah. is that Apple was going to have something called Apple Link's Personal Edition. Apple had this service called Apple Link's, an online service in the 80s designed mostly for dealers and developers. And they hooked up with a company called Quantum Computer Services run by a guy named Steve Case. And this was going to be a new version of it called Apple Link's Personal Edition. And for some reason, they had a falling out or something. So Quantum came up with America Online, later renamed AOL. And I became one of the first charter members in 1989. And later on, they actually gave me a job, a paid forum manager. Well, I think it was in that in that capacity that you must have answered a question I had or something like that because I remembered the name and I remembered your distinctive uh, salutation uh, piece. And, and that's uh, very hard to use these days. <laughs> it's very hard to believe in, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I don't remember. No, no. I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't. I'm sure I was just one of many, many people that you helped, but uh, that was my first contact with Gene Steinberg. Well, you know, then, I've helped a lot of people over the years. I even helped Tom Clancy. A famous oh. author. And met yeah. him years later at one of those Macworld Expos. I haven't heard from him in many years. And maybe he decided he hated me. I wasn't quite as right-wing as he was or is. I don't know. But I have not heard from him in over a decade. But I did help him with his CD-ROM and a few other issues. So that was fascinating. I don't know how we started America Online and Tom Clancy and Lance Moody. But you're with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. Fate 
magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. Weapons and water filters? Check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed, but if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout will knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing 6-hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free all for only $249. Visit afterburnerstoves.com or call 866-716-5214. 866-716-5214. afterburnerstoves.com. Cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Ginny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA Drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA Drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA Drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned in to the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Lance Moody joins Gene and Chris on the Paracast, and we're kind of just getting acquainted with him here. I think one question I'm going to ask you before we get further into the realm of the paranormal and everything, that is, 
you're a skeptic, and being a skeptic, why bother with this field? Just leave it to the lunatics if that's what you think we are. Why are you involved in this at all? I get that question a lot. I, I don't know. I, it's 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 a little bit of a hobby. You know, it's it's uh, it's something I'm interested in. I was very, very interested in sort of the sociological aspect of, of the thing, very much like Jim Mosley was, interested in the characters and, and the people. But uh, additionally, you know, I guess I enjoy talking about science, about what I perceive science to be. I'm certainly not a scientist, but I like the scientific method. I believe in it. In general, I became a skeptic because – there are things like uh, faith healers and uh, and fortune tellers and people like that that prey on poor people, who, people who uh, are at their lowest point, people who've lost a child and a psychic comes along and pretends that they can locate the child like, like Sylvia Brown does. And those kind of things I felt uh, compunction to try to fight against. UFOs are for the most part pretty, um, I don't know, pretty uh, harmless but it, it became one of my interests. I think a lot of the interest came when I started working on that documentary, when I was trying to research that, that I became fascinated. Now, you were researching someone named Otis T. Carr, who was going to build some kind of free energy machine? Yeah, Otis Carr was a, a sort of a never-do-well from New York. He, he lived in New York. He worked as a bellboy, actually, there. And he claimed. I guess this is training. If you want to build a free energy machine, you should try working as a bellboy because you need a lot of energy. Well, he did pretty well. He he did convince a lot of people that he had gotten the secret to building free energy machines from Nikolai Tesla. And uh, supposedly the story is that Tesla, you know, lived in a hotel there, the same hotel that Carr worked in, supposedly, that Carr uh, would listen to Tesla as Tesla gave him secrets that he'd given no one else, secrets of free energy. He would give this to the bellboy. To the bellboy. <laughs> yeah, to the bellboy. Uh, as Carr told the story, he would get – you know, he would go and get uh, feed for the pigeons that uh, Tesla loved. Pigeon, pigeon keeping was something that Tesla was was apparently into. Doves and pigeons. He would feed them from his hotel room and keep them in his hotel room. Apparently, which I think, uh, as I understand it, led to him having to leave one of his hotels. But yeah, so Carr basically his idea was that he had the secret to building a free energy device and he was trying to sell this thing called a um, circular foil craft which was essentially a flying saucer he got involved with a guy named Norman Colton and I'm doing this all from memory so I may get some of this wrong but uh, I, th I think I remember it mostly we'll ask it, you questions later yeah uh, he got involved with a guy named Norman Colton who put sort of a veneer of marketing on top of this effort and that's when things started to take off they, they made a uh, you know a company Otis T. Car Enterprises, and they began to sell shares, not necessarily legally selling shares, but they, they began to sell shares to the company and began speaking all over the place. And this was uh, late 50s. It was during the time when there were tons of these uh, UFO clubs all across the country. And these UFO clubs were typically composed of two kinds of types of people. It's, it's similar to the way the UFO movement is nowadays where there are, there are very metaphysical types and then there's these nuts and bolts types. All of them would come together in these clubs and Carl would go around the country speaking and gathering money f for this uh, uh, flying saucer. Kind of sounds like Stephen Greer. 
Yeah, except for Carr actually had a real flying saucer. I'm not saying it flew, but he really did have one built. Lance, he, you, you may not believe this, but one of his protégés, Ralph Ring, happened to stop by my house today. Well, Funny irony there. Well, I know but, Ralph Ring. I thought Ralph Ring was in uh, Las Vegas. Is that uh, is he? I believe he is. He was doing a trip here. Um, there's a case that I'm being brought in on, um, kind of reluctantly, involving a woman with uh, hundreds of hours of videos and still photographs of of craft over Prescott, which is not quite passing muster. Uh, my initial my initial appraisal of this, but anyway, I, I, I just wanted to mention that because Ralph Ring, of course, is carried the banner of Otis T. Carr and how he, how important he was and stuff uh, forward uh, into the 21st century. And I, I just thought it's just ironic that uh, Carr's, uh, you know, one of his main protégés should have stopped by my house today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Mr. Ring was extremely helpful to me, a very, very nice man. And, and I found him probably getting 97, 98, something like that, well before any of the other people who interviewed him. And I think maybe this might get to some of the gist of what I think you guys wanted to talk about as far as skeptics go, is that you know I interviewed Ralph. I talked to him. He was extremely nice to me. I have nothing bad to say about uh, Ralph Ring. He sent me some excellent material. But the story he told me back then is quite a bit different than the story that he told, for instance, the Project Camelot people. And, and this is something that I, I encountered over and over again. Suddenly, Ralph's story – it began to focus more on Ralph. It began Ralph became the center, more of the center of the focus of, of Otis Carr than he was uh, when he when I talked to him. And I found that you know I, I talked to so many different people. I, I probably talked to every living person who was somehow involved with uh, Otis Carr. I talked for for instance to Howard Menger. Howard Menger put himself in the center of things somehow or another. He, he decided that he was, he was the focus of, of Carr, even though I, I'm not even sure if Carr uh, really knew Menger other than he attended that famous uh, conference that Menger had there in New Jersey. Well, you know, it's a curious thing here. Jim Mosley and I became somewhat acquainted with Howard Menger back in the mid to late 60s where we had lunch with Menger at this diner across from 303 Fifth Avenue in New York City. And Menger was saying, you know what, maybe I didn't meet Venusians or Saturnians or whatever alien beings he claimed to have met. Maybe I was the victim of some sort of government experiment. But later on, he seemed to have retreated from that, and then he got to wanting to build his old flying saucers. But I wasn't aware of the connection directly with Otis T. Carr, except for wanting to build something or other. I could not find any connection between Menger and Carr. I, I never f- actually found one. But, but when I spoke to Menger, he had his own connection that involved the FBI and things that I knew weren't correct as far as the time goes and the cities he was talking about. But he put himself in the center of the, uh, of the story. And, and that's similar to what I, I feel like Ralph Ring did with w- when, from when I talked to him to when he later became interviewed by um, other people is that his story became bigger. It became – the things he did became bigger. And you know, I think he might have been only perhaps 19 or something like that when all this was going on. But uh, again, I'm not going to say anything negative about Mr. Ring other than you know, I don't think that the story he told me is the same story that he's telling now. Interesting. Well, Carrie Cassidy has that, uh, 
that uncanny ability to pull all sorts of stuff out of people. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, I, I don't care how um, much of a true believer you are. Uh, once you stoop to the level of some of the things that are presented on that particular site, you have really suspended your disbelief. Um, I, when I found out that Richard Dolan was going to do an interview and have it placed there, you know, I, I emailed him and said, Rich, man, really think about this seriously. And he says, well, I don't care. It'll sell some books. You know, so I'm like, okay, yeah. well, whatever. But, man, I'll tell you, um, when it comes to uh, uh, many aspects of this field, it's it's quite embarrassing um, to be associated with it in any way. And and um, it is unfortunate that this is a, an un- unregulated amateur field of study. Anybody can put up a shingle and claim to be an expert. Uh, this whole field is is running rampant with unfounded theories uh, compounded by by in, interpretations of unfounded theories and which are themselves of course unfounded but we could continue this unfounded rap to the end of time and we won't but we're never unfounded because we're Gene and Chris and you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag... All sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. You know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. In the U.S., one in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $34.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and makes a great Christmas gift, or it's perfect if you're traveling over the holidays. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. 
Check out StunGunMikes.com. They specialize in home and business security, family safety, and personal protection. At StunGunMikes.com, they have everything from mace pepper sprayers to cell phone stun guns and everything in between. Visit www.StunGunMikes.com for all your security needs. We even ship your products the very next day. That's www.StunGunMikes.com for real spy gear, real security, and awesome gadgets. Where in the world can you find a working replica of Da Vinci's catapult design, an inflatable sumo wrestler's costume, or a watch that tells time backwards? At DaftGadgets.com, you'll find all sorts of fun, retro, remote control, and even outrageous items that probably can't be found anywhere else. If your idea of the perfect gift is a horsehead pillow or a mankini, hurry on over to DaftGadgets.com. That's DaftGadgets.com. Millions of people are going to get sick this winter from colds, flu, and other illnesses. Don't be one of them. Protect yourself with Supernatural Silver, a revolutionary new broad-spectrum antibacterial solution. Recent advances in silver technology have resulted in a silver solution that can be used daily to prevent bacteria, viruses, mold, and food poisoning, and help improve wound healing. Supernatural Silver is safe enough to consume every day, while powerful enough to destroy the causes of many serious diseases, such as strep, staph, pneumonia, cold, flus, and other harmful pathogens. This new technology has the ability to terminate entire colonies of harmful bacteria at several hundred times the effectiveness of colloidal or ionic silver solutions. The Science Digest Journal says silver is our mightiest germ fighter. It is virtually non-toxic and is emerging as a wonder of modern medicine. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com today and use the promo code SILVER2012 for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com and like us on Facebook. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Moving along with Lance Moody, skeptic, joining Gene and Chris on the Paracast. In a sense, we're skeptics too, but our skepticism may not be near as severe as Lance. Lance, you've been involved. I have in- a bad case of it, yes. Okay, well, <laughs> I understand there's a cure. Maybe you stick some antidepressants in your bottle of water there you'll no i i, I think just one good anal probing would change his mind uh <laughs> as as it would a lot of people uh james randy would uh, come to mind uh <laughs> see pen uh from penn and teller teller would run away uh, they couldn't catch him but uh anyway i i'm sorry i digress <laughs> i'm going to ask you lance how did you first become interested and active in the skeptical movement because you've been doing this for a while well, I, the thing I remember the most is that there was a guy, a, a local guy named Pat Packard, who was a, a, a UFO researcher. And there was also a researcher here in Cincinnati named Kenny Young. And both those guys, I somehow got to where I met them and we talked with each other. I think I went on their little um, – they had like a public access show. And I went on that briefly with them and we talked a lot about about UFOs and and uh I had by that time really become a skeptic. And Packard was a good friends with Kevin Randall. He talked to Kevin Randall all the time. He was very interested in the Roswell case. And this was right around the time that that uh Randall's second book had come out, which was uh I can't remember the name of it, UFO Crash at Roswell or something like that. Or maybe it's the truth about the UFO Crash at Roswell. 
I got the book. Uh, Kevin Randall came to town. He did a lecture. I went to the lecture. I bought his book. I have a, a signed copy of his book. And you know, I, I started reading his book, and just in the first couple of pages, he talks about the night uh, of the supposed Roswell crash. He talks about uh, in the sky that some nuns that were in the Roswell area, some Franciscan nuns, if I remember correctly, were looking out the window and they saw a what appeared to be a disabled aircraft of some kind in the sky and that they made a note about it in their diary. Kevin Randall, uh, in his book, you know, his book's full of uh, – a lot of UFO books are full of uh, footnotes and stuff to make them look – very scientific. So he had a footnote there as though he had – the footnote said something like the uh, diaries of the Franciscan nuns held at so-and-so or something like that. You know, It made it sound as though he had seen the actual uh, diary. But I was, I was wondering why did he paraphrase the, you know, the entry? Why didn't he give us exactly what the entry said instead of paraphrasing, which is how he presented it? And I asked Pat Packard about that, and he was supposed to ask Kevin. He told me he asked Kevin. He never really got an answer. And, you know, it's, it was just, I think, finally just within the past couple of months that Kevin finally admitted that he had never actually seen the diary, that someone had told him that they had seen the diary somehow. Someone contemporaneously told him that 40 years ago they would seen the diary, and this is what it had said. And he accepted that instead of actually seeing the thing. But he, he definitely cited it as though he had actually seen it. That was the f- first step that, that led me down this idea of, of you know, looking into things that can actually be checked out because that was something that you could check out. Let me ask you a question before you go on. Did he explain why he was somewhat misleading on that particular segment of his book? He, he essentially in, his, uh, in one of his columns at his uh, blog, he essentially apologizes for it. And admits that it wasn't done properly. But I had been badgering him about it for, you know, although these many years. And he finally admitted it. It's hard to uh, – sometimes it, it's hard to get people to admit when they made mistakes. But I appreciate the fact that he did. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it made me think, well, gosh, you know, all these things look like they, – they look all scientific and everything. But maybe they aren't. Maybe, maybe everybody's making things up, you know. Just from one mistake, you assume everyone's making things up? No, no, not, not, believe me. After that, there were many more mistakes along the lines that I found. But that was the – you asked me about the first one that uh, I came across, what kind of got me started. And that's one of the earliest things I remember looking into. Well, well Lance, let me, let me uh, cut in here. You and I uh, go back online now three or four years. We've had some contentious moments. Yes. You are a crack researcher. Have you checked into my, my research? What have you found? Into, you mean if I looked into your actual yeah, – Yeah, have you actually uh, made some phone calls, uh, looked up some of the references, um, check quotes with witnesses, that sort of thing on any of my work? Have you done any any sort of no. digging? I, I'd, be, I'd be very interested, first of all, to know if you had and be very surprised if you were able to find anything. No, I, I don't believe I have. You know, I don't really know – what your work is. I know it has to do with cattle mutilations in some form uh, was one thing I know about, but I, I've never looked into that. I did, for instance, you know, I'll give you an example that you may well know from, from the boards was when we were talking about crystal skulls, right? Um, and there was a certain skull being talked about. I think maybe you had talked about it. And uh, 
uh, and I'm of the belief, and I think most uh, most archaeologists are of the belief that all these crystal skulls are modern, uh, you know, modern artifacts. They're not all ancient. the crystal skulls. Thousands have been found. Most of them small. Uh, all the all the ones that you hear about, you know, the ones that have names that people invite you over to, right. to sit with and get Mags, Mitchell Hedges, yeah. the British skull, the yeah. Smithsonian skull, this new one, uh, Einstein, which is quite fascinating. That's here. It's about thirty five pounds, I think. It's a, a really large and very very rough looking. Yeah, what I was going to say was just that that um, we were talking about this one skull. I don't even remember the name of it, but. Uh, I had mentioned that I thought this was probably a modern one, as I recall. And you posted something that you'd copied from somewhere else, right? I'm not blaming you for that, but I'm saying that's where it came from, that said, no, no, this one had been tested by, unlike some of these other skulls that had been found to be of modern origin, this one had been tested and and was at the same time at the British Museum. And uh, it, it is definitely authentic. This was the text that you'd pasted. So I, you know, I called and and uh, talked to the lady that was actually there when they were doing the testing, and she told me in no uncertain terms. I think you remember this. That oh yeah, no, yeah, no this definitely rings a bell. And as it turns out, I did some digging on my own, and I confirmed what uh, you came up with. And and you know, I really appreciated that actually because it it set me straight. Anytime someone can set me straight, I I, I appreciate that. And you know that that little bit of text is on site after site. That same exact text, that same exact wrong text, gets repeated at believer site after believer site, such that you know the whole thing is sort of self-perpetuating. It doesn't matter if anything's real or not real. It's just I think people and and I got a sense of this from some of the questions that were asked. It's like uh, on the on the forums, the ones that were were being posed towards me. It's like um, people want their entertainment. They they don't want anyone to take away what they find entertaining, and, and I understand that, you know. But but uh, if you want to talk about these things as being real or not real, or or factual or not factual, then I, I'm game for that. Let me ask you a fast question here: the assumption or the report that there had been a determination that this was something really old, carbon dating, whatever, whatever technique they used. Right. Did someone just make that up, or was someone just simply mistaken? Well, the lady, I, I don't even remember her name now, but uh, the lady that I spoke with was a, you know, she's an a archaeologist, a famous doctor here in the States, but she happened to be there at the British Museum when they were doing these examinations. And she just, she guessed that someone had just made it up. Yeah, that they, they just totally, it came from, uh, Chris, Chris may know more about this than I do, but uh, the, the, the idea that that particular skull was, was somehow ancient is just, totally false yeah and and i i totally agree i've done quite a bit of work uh researching this whole crystal skull phenomenon and and listeners you 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 know you, you must understand there are countless examples of archaeologists actually legitimately finding crystal skulls but none of them have been these large three-quarters right. life-sized versions there there has been hundreds probably of crystal skulls discovered the size of the fist even um these are very, very difficult objects, obviously, uh, uh, to create. And chances are the larger the skull, uh, the more um, symmetrical it is, uh, chances are that it was, it was manufactured somehow. The, the Mitchell Hedges skull, of course, would be the most famous example with the movable jaw. And that right. was probably, I think, made in the 18, late, uh, mid to late 1850s in a, 
in a particular town in Germany that was known for their ability to carve chords. But, uh, you know, again, this, this gets into this whole realm, and, and I think we really should talk about this, Gene and Lance. Uh, you know, this whole need for people to believe. I'm, I mean, when you were a kid, for instance, uh, did you believe in Santa Claus? Yes. Did you believe uh, in the Easter Bunny? Uh, I don't. I don't remember believing. That, that, in that, that's money. a little tougher, huh? I remember are, are the guy. Christian? I remember. Are, are the you a guy. Christian? I'm not. No. Okay. So, uh, are, do you consider yourself an atheist or agnostic? Uh, are you spiritual? What? I don't um, mean to pry here. I'm just trying yeah. to get a sense of Lance Moody. And we're going to have him answer that question in our next segment. We'll leave the great cliffhanger of his religious beliefs or lack thereof with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves, available exclusively from StockStorage.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, Lance Moody, skeptic, joins us. He's a very active poster at forum.theparacast.com, blogs a lot. And Chris asked him the great R question about religion and well, the well, Easter belief, Bunny. Belief. This is really important because I think we're seeing the, the slow kind of evolution and founding of, of, a, of a new religious belief system uh, it was based around aliens and UFOs, which I, I find rather distasteful myself. But I, I was just trying to get a sense of, 
of where you draw the line in terms of suspending disbelief. Obviously, when you're watching Men in Black, your, your emotional body is buying into the plot, but your rational mind is going, hey, this is a movie. Some people have a harder time doing that, Lance. And when it comes to things that me have meaning in people's lives, such as religious belief, belief in their in their you know the control structure, the politics and the politicians that are governing their lives, the judicial system. There are certain things that you almost your culture forces you to believe. And with the with the disillusion and and you know these these old outmoded controlled religious structures uh, seem to be crumbling around us uh, with you know these wars and and. You know, it's just getting ridiculous. People are striving for something to, to hold on to and believe in. What are your feelings about that? Do you think we're, we're seeing the kind of the slow development of a new sort of religious belief? You know, I don't think it's new. I mean, Spiritual I, I think belief? I, I, religion yeah. is a hard word to throw in there. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's new. I think I think always these kinds of thoughts, the, the ideas of, for instance, conspiracies, which I think really are sort of a, a, a twin brother to paranormal belief, conspiracy beliefs. I, I think these beliefs give people something. I mean, I think with conspiracies, I think it gives people a feeling that they understand the world maybe better than uh, than they really do. And uh, maybe the same thing's happening with, with uh, paranormal belief. Maybe it comforts people to know that that there's something fantastic in, in their lives. You know, I think, personally, I think, you know, that looking out at the stars is a pretty fantastic thing, but uh, a lot, for a lot of people, it's not, not quite enough. Well, and I, I, can, I can understand and agree with you. It, sometimes, the, especially in the conspiracy realm, it gets, <laughs> it gets pretty crazy. Of course, the UFO realm and the paranormal realm is fairly kaleidoscopic in its own right, but but how about you? I mean, where do you come down? Where do you suspend your disbelief in terms of your spirituality, in terms of uh, the things in your life that you hold dearly that, that you don't have physical scientific proof to, uh, to ascertain one way or another, whether it's something that you need to suspend your disbelief about? You know, I, I don't think I do suspend my disbelief. I, I, think, I, I think I do require proof so so things like for instance the bible and so forth don't hold any weight for me in any particular weight for me uh so yeah i guess i guess i i guess i do act as more or less like an atheist although really i i'm more like martin gardner with sort of a you know a, a vain desire that maybe there's something beyond but i i don't see any evidence for it I, i'd like to see any evidence i'm open to seeing evidence uh that that's one of the things that that you know People who I call believers, and I know that that term sometimes um, makes people uncomfortable. But uh, I think I think as they, well it they, should. And there's believers, and then there's true believers, and there's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, you know, I mean, these things are just sh shorthand ways of of talking. It just is so long to say people who think this way or whatever. But uh, what I was going to say is that just that they believe that. Uh, there's there's somebody called a debunker. There's someone who is something called what they call a debunker. I, I'd be happy to be a debunker. You know, I'd be. Ha I, I think a debunkers are, are needed, but in the form that it's used by the people that I'm calling believers, they're talking about someone who, if they saw real evidence, for instance, if I walked out in my backyard right now, and there was a flying saucer landed on the ground in my backyard, I would turn away and deny that I ever saw it.
And I just don't think there really is a person like that. Uh, and, you know, I hear that frequently people would describe Phil Class in that way. I knew Phil Class, and, 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 and I'm telling you that it's not accurate. That's not the way. I don't think that there really is a person who's debunker as, as defined on these forums and things. Well, okay. Well, that, that leads me to a question that I had. How do you define where does a skeptic end and a debunker begin? So it's a debunker is somebody that will go into a complete place of denial about something that is obvious and in a slam dunk situation or evidence in other words that is that how you define the difference because it's not how i define it no no i no okay no, well, I, well I why don't, let's it. talk about yeah. that you you claim you uh, proudly <laughs> claim to be a skeptical person okay what is the yeah. difference between skepticism and debunking well the way i would define debunking and and not everyone agrees with this definition is someone who exposes exposes some falsehood for instance uh debunking debunking a particular claim phil phil imbrogno <laughs> i wasn't going to mention him but uh that that might be an example that's one example maybe we should talk about very quickly how did you come to want to check his educational credentials well you know i i i heard him on i heard him on on several of the of the shows particularly the Paracast. And I heard him talking, and, and you know, to me, his, his grammar was poor. And I'm not saying my grammar is great. Uh, I'm sure people are going to find fault with things I've said tonight. Yeah, but you but, don't claim to have a doctorate from MIT either. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. I, saw, I saw somewhere on a website that the first thing that alerted you was, it seems like every time you saw a picture of him, he had his MIT sweatshirt on. Well, that was the other thing. That shirt started showing up everywhere. Well, maybe it's and, because he can't get it off. It's stuck to his skin. Well, there just there were just too many mentions of MIT for for my taste. Hey, he had he had fake diplomas. He had a ring. Uh, he had a little shrine set up. Uh, that's pretty. Uh, that's not the sign of a healthy mind in my book. Well, I, you know, in some ways, I think he's kind of awesome because he got away with it for so long. But but the. The thing is, is just that, and I never heard about the diplomas and all that. I, I just, I oh, tried yeah, that comes from an informed source. We who shall remain uh, nameless. Wow. Well, well, you know, for me, it was just I, I just became interested in it. But I also noticed that things he was saying in these programs, they they just didn't have the ring of truth to for me anyway. And in particular, there's there's this one. Uh, I, I I mentioned this in my in my blog is just this. Uh, this idea, he started talking about uh, Heineck because he, he knew Heineck and he wrote a book with Heineck. And he started talking about Heineck and Roswell. And he claimed, he told this story, this long story that involved a lot of detail, a lot of, a lot of interesting detail. You know, he talked about they had ice cream and the kind of ice cream that Heineck liked and all this stuff, all these details that don't mean anything. And then he said that Heineck looked at him and said that Ro he knew Roswell was fake. He knew it was that mogul balloon. And I realized that Heineck, Heineck died before any of that. Yeah, before any of that was known. And I knew it instantly, but the, the person interviewing him, it wasn't on the Paracast, it was on another show. Um, the person interviewing him didn't recognize that at all, just, just let it slide by. But it, it was such an obvious tell that something wasn't right about his story. And, and I, find it, I find it fascinating that someone can just sort of you know, confabulate things so quickly and so beautifully because it was fun to listen to some of his stories sometimes. 
Somebody brought up, I think, in one of the threads that, that, that I read at some point back then, that, and, and it brings up a really, really interesting point. Now, because we found out that Kevin Randall may have, you know, kind of taken liberties and stretched a particular reference, uh, do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? I mean, does that call the rest of his work into question? How about Imbrogno? Oh. I think some of the things that I've read in Imbrogno's books are, are very impressive, and, and it shows someone who's really done some thinking about some of the subjects that he wrote about. Other things, I agree with you, just uh, you kind of scratch your head and go, uh, this sounds like he's writing kind of down to the lowest common denominator or reader here. I, I kind of gave him that benefit of the doubt uh, over the course of several books. But, but, but where do you draw the line? Uh, should Kevin Randall now be be thought of is someone every single reference that uh that he puts up there or states in a book or mentions on a show should we be uh checking up on this guy should we all be psychops and uh and just kind of have everybody under under microscopes i mean wh- what are your feelings about that we'll get the answer from lance coming up with gene and chris you're in the paracast <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dream turns out to be true and thrusts him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now, the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details or to place your order, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, rockoids.com. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of three million dollars the answer to protecting your assets is simple call john ballman today at 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero call 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold that's 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 HempUSA.org has a newly designed website and a new and improved detoxification product. Order our new microplant powder gold loaded with vitamins, minerals, iodine, and probiotics, and we'll send you our travel size microplant powder absolutely free. Microplant powder only at HempUSA.org. Call 908-691-2608. That's 908-691-2608. And see what our powders, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. Hurry this offer ends January 31st. Hi, this 
this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Check out StunGunMikes.com. They specialize in home and business security, family safety, and personal protection. At StunGunMikes.com, they have everything from mace pepper sprayers to cell phone stun guns and everything in between. Visit www.StunGunMikes.com for all your security needs. We even ship your products the very next day. That's www.StunGunMikes.com for real spy gear, real security, and awesome gadgets. Are you looking for a great one-of-a-kind gift idea? Then look no further than www.dafgadgets.com. They have radio-controlled planes, helicopters, buggies, cars, and more. How about an insane horsehead pillowcase, MP3 accessories, or even an iPhone 5 wallet case? Visit www.dafgadgets.com and be sure to check out their featured gadgets page. Shipping is only $9.99 and is shipped within seven days or less. Check out www.daftgadgets.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we have Skeptic Lance Moody joining us. And before we did our break, Chris asked a rather detailed question about Kevin Randall, some of his possible mistakes. Oh, let me just mention that, that that mistake that Kevin Randall made was an extremely minor one. It's not, it's not important at all. And, and if Kevin Randall told me something, he's one of the best of the researchers. He definitely knows the most about Roswell. I would trust just about anything he said to me. About but you don't that. believe Roswell was a spaceship? No, no, not at all. <laughs> but I, I think it was something homespun, some sort of potential high technology that was being uh, utilized by humans myself. I know you'll probably disagree with that, but I, I, not for a minute do I think it was from elsewhere. Well, let, let me just tell a little story, if I may, then, about – Yeah, I think it was probably mogul, that mogul's a good explanation, that it's a reasonable explanation. And, and the, the things that the – that people like Kevin and the other Roswell proponents come up with, I think there's, they're minor things. They're conspiracy-type things that, that they talk about that don't really negate Mogul. They talk about little details that I don't think negate the story. But I, I was going to mention to you that the photographs that we have from Fort Worth that were taken, there's some debris there in the photographs. And the debris is clearly not anything extraordinary. It's not a flying saucer. Jesse Marcel, who was the guy that went out from the air base or from the army base to pick up all the debris, he went out to Brazel's ranch. He said in several interviews, in at least two interviews, maybe three interviews, he said that the stuff that I'm in the pictures with, the stuff you see me in the pictures with, is the same stuff I picked up. That to me is enough to negate Roswell right away. That's enough to destroy Roswell. Now, Kevin and the other guys, they just choose to say, well, he was mistaken. He saw he had, had uh, misunderstood what the question was or something like that. But to me, that's a dead kill for Roswell. And, and so, so I don't think it really has to go much further than that. So, was that clear the way I explained that? Because I'm 
I'm not sure. Well, it was clear to me. It, it doesn't explain uh, the fact that uh, Mac Brazel also said he knew, was well aware of weather balloons that had been sent up and landed uh, in the in the region. There, he had seen some of them. Uh, this is all going off the top of my head. I'm, Roswell makes me break out in, in itch, itches that I I, I can't. They yeah, I have to it, chase them to try to scratch them. I, basically, really you get not. the crawlies when you talk about Roswell. <laughs> well, well it when can I be, went it down to, to do a talk down at the at the International uh, Museum down there, I broke out in a case of hives uh, when I saw the the alien mannequin dressed up uh, in cowboy clothes at a clothing store. It just oh. It just drove me. It drove me nuts. But there are some interesting little tidbits in there. Uh, the memory metal concept, uh, I think, is interesting. But again, I think this whole thing has been blown into this huge red herring. It keeps the the, the believers uh, focused on ancient history, water under the bridge. That, that in many ways will never, obviously, uh, ever will never have a real definitive answer that everybody can agree on but but again i think it's a uh, red herring i think there's a lot more important things like like uh, the sherman ranch case and 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 other cases that deserve the kind of scrutiny and attention that roswell has managed to i mean it's the biggest industry in that whole part of the country down there the, i've often noticed the closer you get to roswell the more alien tchotchkes you see and by the time you get into roswell it's like you're in some weird Twilight Zone episode. Uh, it, it, there's something wrong about that. Well, I don't know why it seems fun to talk about. So, so I spend a lot of time talking about it with Kevin Randall and the other guys. I do have a story that I can tell you, but I don't know if, if we're up against a break or not. Uh, a, no, you've got a few minutes. You know, that debris that's in the picture, we believe that it's uh, a neoprene balloon. And maybe the reason Brazel didn't recognize the debris is because it also had that radar target attached to it. At any rate, the neoprene balloon is, to my eye anyway, it's, it's very degraded in the photographs, which means it would be hard to come up with it or harder to come up with this degraded balloon to take fake pictures of. So anyway, uh, Tim Printy, who's the great skeptic, he's a much better skeptic than I am, does a lot more work than I do. And, and uh, his Sunlight magazine is, is an excellent skeptical about uh, – UFOs. Tim Printy decided to do a test and see how, how long it took neoprene to deteriorate in the sun. He did it up at his ranch, or, or <laughs> I don't know if he has a ranch. He did it at his house in Connecticut, if I recall correctly. His um, results were that after about 16 days that the neoprene turned black and, and got sort of the look that it has in those photographs. It became brittle and so forth after about two weeks. Well, Tim did this test, and, and he actually asked me and a guy named, uh, I forget his name, a guy in New Mexico to do the test. I begged Tim to not release his results from New Mexico right away, but to just give his Connecticut results, which he did in the first issue of uh, Sunlight. I knew that the believers, that the, that the Roswell believers would come up with all kind of reasons why the stuff that was tested in Connecticut was, doesn't match stuff that would have been tested in, in New Mexico. And indeed, they did. One particular guy wrote volumes and volumes as to why we were idiots and why it was, certainly we should have tested in New Mexico because the, the uh, neoprene would have, would have uh, evaporated. Essentially, he thought it would, would have been gone. You know, you got the feeling that in just a few hours it would have turned to uh, ashes. The problem is that we did test in New Mexico and the results were roughly the same, about two weeks but it shows you how conspiracists will write and will, will make up stuff to support their beliefs without any real knowledge. He, this guy wrote reams of stuff. I mean he wrote paragraph after, after paragraph about how 
the neoprene would have deteriorated much faster in New Mexico, maybe 200, 300% faster. But none of it was true. It sounded good. To me, that's a good example of what skeptics are up against. Chris? I'll let you take it from there, Gene. You're the Roswell guy. I'm a Roswell guy. I've never been to Roswell. Did that story even make sense? <laughs> it makes sense to me. Not only are you a skeptic, Lance, you're a sneaky skeptic. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes you have to be a little bit sneaky. Coming from me, that's a compliment. Well, the thing I want to ask you here, Lance, is I agree that the Roswell case probably involves some kind of domestic test balloon or aircraft or whatever. Why has it become such a legend in the field? It's a cool story. I mean, it's just a great story. It's fun. It's fun to think about. I mean, because I of think, the headline, let's get real. That headline, uh, it's really hard to argue with with the impact that that has on the collective psyche. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Have you guys ever thought about uh, there's a, there's another episode in UFO history that I've always wondered why it never became more important. And that was when, uh, when Donald Kehoe was silenced on the Armstrong Circle Theater uh, program. To me, that's one of the coolest, oh, yeah. one of the spookiest. Yeah. Very good point. That, that is strange. Uh, they, they just cut him off. Back, of course, back then, TV was live, and there was no uh, four- or five-second delay. And, and that is uh, – you're absolutely right. I think that there is uh, some smoking gun uh, implications there that uh, have not been fully uh, addressed. You know, I well, want to mention I, that because when Major Kehoe was on Long John Neville's show, this must be in the late 50s, early 60s, and I was a teenager in Brooklyn, New York, and those days you didn't have telephones necessarily communicating with John. He'd take telegrams from people. Right. I was spending the night at a friend, and we had my friend's mother agree to spend, I don't know, $15, $20 to send a telegram. So we asked Kehoe about this, and I'll tell you more about it in a moment. With Lance Moody joining Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com that's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later... 
and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Lunch is ready! And it's an MRE smorgasbord at longlifefood.com. In 1983, Long Life Food Depot was one of the first to sell MRE pouches to the public, and we're still selling them almost 30 years later. Today, Long Life Food Depot has the world's most complete MRE online buffet, because MREs are all we do. Tasty varieties of chicken, beef, salmon, and pasta entrees, plus sandwiches and our easy-to-use pouches. Full moisture, long shelf life, and ready-to-eat hot or cold. We sell by the pouch or case so the choices are endless and so are the graduated quantity discounts. The more you buy, the more you save. Call 800-601-2833 or go to longlifefood.com to join our email list for upcoming announcements like the Rollaway Food Pod. Plus, enjoy fast and free shipping. Just call 800-601-2833 or visit longlifefood.com. Emergency preparedness, emergency relief. Longlifefood.com since 1983. Sending real food to your real future. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So let's go over the deal here. Kehoe mentioned this in one of his books, that he was asked to be on the show, but supposedly they had this fixed routine that he was supposed to read, I guess a script, or at least an outline of what he was supposed to say. And as the show progressed, he got concerned over the fact that he couldn't reveal the real evidence he felt he should have brought forth. It was being censored. So finally, Kehoe got so frustrated or disgusted, he started to deviate from the script on the air. And, of course, what they do, there was no seven-second delay as we have now. You know, even on this show, by the way, on the Paracast, when it goes out over the GCN network, there is a seven-second delay. Sure, we vet our guests, and we don't allow the seven dirty words to come in. But there is a seven-second delay, but not in the 1950s. So the producers and directors, seeing that Kehoe was deviating from the script, what did they do? They cut him off. And the question I asked Kehoe in that telegram was, knowing they would do that, why'd you do it anyway? And I was never satisfied with the answer. 
I know he felt that he had to get the truth across, but didn't it occur to you that maybe, just maybe, this wasn't the way to do it, or maybe he thought this was a good thing, you know? Do that, get the publicity, draw attention to himself. Well, I mean, we know what he said. I mean, I, I think the text of what he said is known. It's not, it, it wasn't sure. anything earth-shattering. Right. But it was it, in his book. Me, it was in his book. What, what I was wondering was just why that episode has never taken on the sort of the public fascination that something like Roswell did. Maybe not as important as Roswell, but it, it, to me, it was a cool, spooky – if I'd been watching him at the time, I, I would have uh, – I, I think it would have carried some emotional weight. You know, I remember it reading it in the book and asking Kehoe about it. I thought it was just one of those things. I thought that Kehoe, you know, could have done it better or if he was going to deviate from the script in doing so in a more subtle fashion. But by being outrageous about it, maybe he hoped he'd draw attention to something. And it didn't work. It, as you say, you're the first person who's been on the PowerCast to mention this episode. You're the first person who's mentioned it to me in the past 30 or 40 years. Yeah, well, you know, I I got super fascinated with all those early cases, and that's really what I know the most about, particularly the stuff that was around uh, uh, around the Otis Carr stuff. And so I, I'm fascinated by all of those. I, you know, the, every one of the classics to me are interesting and worth talking about, even though I think that many of them have conventional, known conven- conventional explanations. One of the things I wanted to get into is is your your motivations, and it's something that. You know, we've kind of talked about uh, at forum.theparacast.com on a number of occasions. And one of the things that early on that I found out about you is your association with the Association for Rational Thought. And your interesting little project that you spearheaded back, uh, gosh, it's almost 20 years ago, um, called Skeptical Blurbs. Why don't you give our listeners a a sense of of where that idea came up with, kind of give a definition for us, and... uh, and let's um, maybe talk about your motivations, your thinking, uh, and how that, um, that type of, of approach has ebbed and flowed through the last 20 years. Well, yeah, you know, I, I was a member of the local skeptical group, and uh, we, the local TV stations would frequently run stories that were credulous, to say the least, things about ghosts and things like that. And... Uh, Specifically, we thought, well, it'd be great if we could, if we could respond to these stories. But you never know exactly what they are. But you know, there's something to do with the paranormal, and there, and it, you know, nobody does this as a full time job. So it would be nice if we had maybe something we could fax. This was back during the time when you would fax something. If we could fax one of these uh, sort of position papers, sort of just uh, the skeptical side of Loch Ness, for instance, or the skeptical side of of, uh, you, of Bigfoot. Uh, if if we could just fax that to the to the TV station and then offer up someone from the group who maybe could could talk about it to give the skeptical side of it, I think that was the really the the whole motivation of it. And I, I don't think it ever worked. I don't know that we ever <laughs> actually used it or, or did it, but a, a few of us wrote some of those skeptical blurbs, which are sort of like encyclopedia entries, you know, skeptical encyclopedia entries for various fer- paranormal topics. So. In show business, we call them boilerplates or something. Yeah, just... A fixed response in case something is published that's ridiculous. But most TV shows, when they get into something that's paranormal, they're in it for the entertainment. They're not there to investigate or tell us about something strange and unknown. Well, you know, I mean, we were... Well, not back in 1993 when when this was originally proposed. Uh, 
uh, it, it was a different world back then, Gene. It wasn't until you know the mid '90s, late '90s that you know the, Hollywood realized, hey, people really are into this stuff. Let's jazz it up and make some dough. Yeah, know? but in those days, they just smirk. You know, you'd have the talking heads or the happy talk people. Remember the happy talk newscasters? You still have them. Where between talking about ambulance chasing, murders, and accidents, and wars, and famine, and everything else, they would throw in as kind of a human interest story something related to maybe the paranormal or someone saw UFOs, but always it was a smirk or a snicker. Well, you know, nearby here in Columbus, there was a famous story of a girl who supposedly was possessed and that there were, uh, you know, uh, poltergeists in the house and so forth throwing things around. And I think Randy went up there, James Randy went up there. He had the guys from the news station leave the cameras on while this girl, this, it was a teenage girl. Typically, these poltergeist cases involve teenage uh, girls. But uh, he had them uh, leave the cameras on. And they caught her plain as day throwing, you know, throwing something and then pretending as though it, had, it had, while no one was looking, pretending as though it was uh, a ghost. And uh, that, those kinds of stories, I think, were on the air, you know, uh, in, in local news anyway. What do you think of poltergeist uh, cases? There have been some very, very impressive documentation of cases going back uh, over 100 years. I mean, where do you come down on some of that? Do you think it's possible for some sort of uh, manifestation of physical effects by a troubled teen, uh, which is a commonly accepted uh, explanation for real poltergeist cases. Do you even feel there are real poltergeist cases? I haven't seen any evidence for any, and I, and I haven't seen evidence that was, I thought was compelling for any, but I'd be open to seeing any evidence like that. I became, in addition to my interest in uh, UFOs and, and uh, Otis Carr, I became like super interested in... Uh, in the 1888 uh, formation of the Psychical Society in Britain. And I read a lot of stuff about that. And there's some very interesting, uh, you know, formative ideas about ghosts and about spirits and that sort of thing. So uh, those kinds of things are interesting to me. But all the evidence is, you know, it's, it's, just, not, it's just not up to snuff. You don't think there's any such thing as a true uh, haunting or any sort of unexplained manifestation of effect uh, that can be documented in, in scientifically? I haven't heard of one. Well, that's interesting. Listeners, take notes. Uh, Lance Moody is at forum.theparacast.com. I'm sure he would be more than interested to have anybody send him scientific proof that there is some sort of... Uh, phenomenon uh, called poltergeist uh, I, you know I, I, my blog site my blog site might give you an idea of my thinking on the ghost which is you know not a ghost.com so, so that might give you some feeling about how i feel about ghosts <laughs> uh pretty self-explanatory there uh yeah you really uh have a like gene and i uh a bit of an issue with uh the plethora of ghost hunting shows out there and and now they're using that same kind of boilerplated reality show approach uh, in in Bigfoot and, and UFOs and that <laughs> well and UFOs. UFOs. <laughs> Poor James Fox. What do you think of chasing UFOs? Uh, that was that was amazing. That whole thing. I don't know if you heard that stuff with Paul Kemble and uh, James Fox, but that was embarrassing for him. He essentially 
well, he seemed to have threatened uh, uh, Paul Kimball with physical violence because Paul Yes, uh, that, that was a, a rather low point in the initial backlash <laughs> from the, the show being aired. Of course, we, we were the first ones, I think, Gene Wright, to have James Fox on just uh, prior to the uh, first episode. And, yes, and we, we get- were. Yes, we were. And we'll cover more of this in a moment with Lance Moody. Joining Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. For all women and men who wish their fingernails were harder this Christmas, wishes come true. Introducing Nails of Steel, a new revolutionary nail hardener. Nails of Steel puts muscle into your soft nails with a creamy, rich, natural herbal formula that is antifungal, hypoallergenic, and biodegradable. Just massage a drop of Nails of Steel over your natural or polished nails and go. With Nails of Steel, there's virtually no drying time. Within the first week, you'll notice your nails getting stronger to eliminate breaking, chipping, splitting, hangnails, and fungus. Nails of Steel makes a great stocking stuffer for women or men. And right now, get three one-ounce bottles for only $74.95. That's about a $5 price break on each bottle that'll last you for months. Visit NailsofSteel.com. That's NailsofSteel.com. Nails of Steel. It's like a salon in a bottle. Attention, this is an announcement for our listeners who drive gasoline vehicles. Federal Consumer Protection has confirmed that there is now an automotive accessory that exceeds its own fuel-saving claims. Consumer Protection has confirmed that most gasoline vehicles will get 22% more miles per gallon with an accessory called Platinum 22. To find out if Platinum 22 will give your vehicle 22% more miles per gallon, you should call 1-800-LESS-GAS. You heard me correctly, 1-800-LESS-GAS. You heard me. Federal Consumer Protection has confirmed that the Platinum 22 accessory will deliver 22% more miles per gallon to most gasoline vehicles. You should pick up the phone and call 1-800-LESS-GAS to find out if it will help your vehicle. That's 1-800-LESSGAS. 1-800-LESSGAS. 22% more miles per gallon. 1-800-LESS-GAS. 
Pharmacist Ben Fuchs knows the importance of proper digestion. Make sure you take a look at the Ultimate Enzyme product. They're made with bile salts and fat digestion enzymes and protein digestive enzymes. And not only do the Ultimate Enzymes give you obvious benefits for digestion, but they can also help keep your blood flowing through your circulatory system. As most of you probably know by now, thick, sludgy, clotting blood is a serious risk factor for heart disease and stroke. Clearly, inappropriate and excessive blood clotting is a major health issue, and thick, sludgy blood is not just about heart health either. Sludgy blood can compromise oxygenation and nutrient delivery to all your cells and tissues and organs and ultimately lead to almost any health issue you can name. Concerned about proper digestion and heart health, order Ultimate Enzymes by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470 or on the web at brightsidebed.com. That's brightsidebed.com. Order today. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. So as we said with Lance Moody and Gene and Chris in the PowerCast, we did talk to James Fox when his Chasing UFO show came on, and we He's gave him a fair happy. presentation because James Fox is a pretty straight-ahead guy. He's done a lot of really good work. But this show, forget about it. <laughs> is that show off the air now, or is it? Is I it don't still? know. I know I they had know. a season one, and they were talking of a season yeah. two. Supposedly, the ratings were good. Well, yeah, the ratings were good, but name me one other show, uh, supposedly a news, reality-based show that wasn't a drama, where two of the three principals publicly come out and slag their own program. I mean, what do you think about that, Lance? Do you think that that was just all a a PR ploy and create create some controversy? Or do you think that Ben and, and James actually were not happy? I think they probably weren't happy. I mean, you know, I work in television and I know how these things go. And, and nowadays these shows are just, I mean, they really do follow a sort of a cook cutter uh, format and, and they're, they're pretty terrible. I mean, the whole idea of going out and looking for things in the dark for some reason, there, there, there was just, it was so ludicrous. Right. It, with three inches of water too. I love it. You're <laughs> looking for physical evidence uh, in, in a water soaked field at night with a, uh, a lipstick can pointed in your face with a little light. I mean, <laughs> could could we just wait till tomorrow morning, guys? And <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe I, you know, and, and I asked him privately. I mean, come on, man! As soon as they strap that harness on you and put that camera in your face, I mean, what did you know? Why did you allow that? And so, well, you know, I, you know, that's what they wanted. So, you know, and it's a bad it's, position to be in. You know, he's in a well, job. It, I really gotta, feel for the guy. I really like James. He's a really, uh, he's actually an actually very good researcher and and a very good journalist. He he does dig into things uh, pretty well. Of course, you would have problems with Out of the Blue and and some of the other documentary work that he's done. I'm sure, but but the cream rises to the top. And I've always considered James to be one of the guys that hey, if you know, if you're gonna get into this subject and watch and uh, try to determine whether you want to believe or not, uh, he, he would be one place uh, that I would suggest going because he, he is a very good filmmaker. Well, people love the stuff. I mean, they, really, they love those shows for some reason. You know, whenever – the only thing that people ever read at my blog is the review I wrote a long time ago about Finding Bigfoot. And every time that show comes on, I have this huge 
spike in in uh, hits with people just I guess they're just going on looking for a review. I never moderate or anything, but people come on there and they say their little they say their little piece about the show. About half the people say this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, and uh, a lot of people say that you know it's entertaining, it's fun to watch, and and I don't I don't get a lot of people who say I believe this, I believe in this uh, show. I, I think people just like to be entertained, and I have to tell you, when I was looking at those ghost shows when I first started my blog, I thought we'd write just reviews of these ghost shows, but that quickly. Ended up being a dead end because there's nothing much to write. When I watch those ghost shows, they are kind of fun to watch at first, but after a while, you realize, oh my god, this is the exact same thing that happened last week. We're not going to see anything again. I think they're entertaining for, for just a certain segment of people. They they just enjoy them, and I don't think it means dumb people or or, or anything else. I just think that it, sometimes it's fun just to to sit back and have a st- silly story told to you. You know, it's interesting just in passing that Paul Kimball complaining about James Fox and his reality show. Of course, Paul Kimball was involved in his own ghost-type reality show at one time, too. Yeah, I never saw that one, but, uh, you know, he was doing that as a job, too. It's a, it's a job, and I, I don't know that he did anything wrong in that show or anything else. It's, I think those shows are kind of silly, and I don't think they ever come up with anything in the form of evidence, uh, but uh, they're they can be fun to watch in small amounts. Well, I know a lot of people like the reality shows. I could never get into reality shows. I never watch them. I don't watch Survivor and all these other crazy shows. I'm just not interested. Certainly don't watch the Jersey Shore girls or whoever they are or the Real Housewives of Brooklyn. There may not be any show like that, but I have no idea because I don't watch them. I haven't had TV in almost seven years. <laughs> oh, I don't want it. <laughs> Well, there maybe you that's go. part I of the problem. Maybe I'm just, I, you know, I have a good friend who who dogs me about that. Well, you never know what's going on. And I said, well, I know more about what's going on in the world than you'll. All you know is who's uh, the final four on America's Got Talent. You know, it's like, I don't know. Uh, what do you think of the media? I mean, you're in television. I mean, what do you think of this this uh, this Gangnam? You know, just huge. I mean, we're talking. Oh, you're talking a- about Psy. This he's a South Korean rapper, and I've seen him interviews. A smart guy. He was educated in the U.S. This guy a South a- Korean MC Hammer. He does that riding the horse uh, dance. Right, exactly. Uh, he, he is a good dancer, and he's yeah. kind of a you know short, stocky kind of guy, and he seems to just be, you know, enjoying it all, taking it in because he doesn't take himself seriously. Actually, the number of downloads is something like five, six hundred million, but that's a lot. You know, I, I really enjoy documentaries, and, and I saw one recently that starred Mr. Chris O'Brien. Uh, it was the Louis uh, Thoreau uh, documentary on UFOs. I thought that was fantastically fun. I didn't think, I thought Chris came out looking well. You know, there was no, I have no problems with what. Well, it was a comedy show, and I ended up turning the comedy around on the uh, comedians. What that, was your experience? Was actually, I've never, I've never heard you talk about that. What was your experience on that show? Well, um, it's interesting you should ask. Uh, I, because uh, everything was all done last minute. Uh, they were actually flying back from Las Vegas to uh, to London. They had been out to my house for two days trying to get some comedic fodder, and I, I just wouldn't give it up. And I just turned the tables on them the whole time, and they got pretty frustrated and finally left. Um, but with the promise, if something did occur, to give them a call if they were still in the states. Well, just as you know, 
you know, Providence would uh, <laughs> supply. I had a very, uh, very intriguing cattle mutilation case. It was reported to me by the Alamosa County Sheriff. I went out and checked it out and and said, hey, Louie, if you're still around, uh, come on out. It's not going to be fun, but, uh, you know, you wanted me to call you? Come on out. So they came out. It was just above freezing, 40-mile-an-hour wind, nasty, no trees, no cover. Uh, the anus of that cattle was blowing out big gas bubbles from the fermentation of the uh, vegetable matter in the stomach. The rancher's dog licked the uh, blood from the eye socket that had apparently been – appeared to have been excised uh, around the flesh around the, the eye and the mandible. The tongue was gone. And just watching these guys uh, you know, puking – Getting sick, saying that that image will remain in my my memory banks f- for the rest of my life. Yeah, it was just I was howling. Me and the rancher. I mean, the rancher was was really ticked off that the case happened to his best breeding cow. But uh, I ended up for not hitting the record button on my camera because I have a video camera that that I record the entire soil uh, sample gathering the plant. Sample gathering, the forensic uh, samples, uh, what have you, and and so later on, after they had returned to England, um, these samples were part of uh, an actual an excision site study, um, and we found some amazing scientific anomalies. Actually, uh, of course, Lance would probably have a problem with the results, but uh, probably I, I was proud. I was proud uh, to be involved in the study, and I had the BBC actually document it. So I called the BBC and said, "You guys messed me up." Uh, I, I need video, and so they had. They made the mistake of sending me all their raw footage. I sat down and I created an entire transcript of what went on on the site, and I published it in my second book. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, well, you know, I I like the part where you and Louis were together. It it made it look as though maybe he was spending the night with you, and you guys were friends and stuff. Uh, well, that not singing ground control to Major Tom? Yeah, he yeah. hung up my house for two days. I couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> You know, I I charge, you know, when these shows want to come see me or have me help them, I suck them in. These 22-year-old research, uh, you know, people with wet behind the ears, they, they have no idea about the subject. And they're supposed to, like, you know, research uh, cattle mutes or UFOs or hauntings or whatever. And I suck them in just far enough. And then I say, okay, time's up. And they say, what are you talking about? I'm still writing notes. I said, well, that's how much you get for free. Now you got to start paying me. And it's yeah. like, oh, what? So well, I thought it, I thought it was a charming episode, and, and, and there, there was some funny stuff in there. There was a channeler guy, and well, and the militia like- group that's there to protect the, the aliens when they when they finally arrive, and they have their uniforms, and, and the competing Roswell uh, crash sites. Uh, Louis Louis had a really good show. It was one of the most popular shows on BBC Two, uh, if I remember. It was on Sunday nights. It was a big deal, and I, I really liked Louis. I really liked the crew. Um, I do have problems. Uh, the only times I've really run into to major difficulties with uh, productions have been British. Uh, they're sneaky. They lie sometimes. They uh, um, kind of bait and switch you. You have to be really careful with them. But after about 40, 50 shows, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at it. At least I hope the check didn't bounce. That's important. We got, oh, no. <laughs> got Lance Moody joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Jenny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease decay or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA Drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA Drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. Welcome back to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, when Lance Moody joined us, he said, you know, I have never been on a two-hour or three-hour radio show, and I don't know if I can hang in for all that time. And I said, you know what, Lance, here's the deal. If you get tired, Chris and I will interview each other, we'll debate each other, we'll fight each other, virtually, of course. (laughs) And you sit back and laugh and chortle or whatever you want to do. That's fine with me, yes. (laughs) But you know what? We have the last four segments of the show, and you're still going strong. So maybe you have a new career here. I want to thank Chris for being so kind to me. I expected him to be a lot madder at me, and now I feel like... Lance, I really could tear you a new one, but that's not what the show's about. The show's about separating the signal from the noise, and you are one of the most valued people that we have at forum.theparacast.com. You are our, our conscience, our cop. You, you're willing to spend amazing amounts of time to dig into things that you feel are important. I, I'm one of your biggest fans, believe it or not, Lance. I am. Well, uh, I appreciate that. I, you're, you know, you're, I really don't spend much time on this issue. I, I know it seems like I do, but you know, when I'm working, I, I, I often do a lot of animations, uh, motion graphics and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm sitting at the computer and Many, many times I have to sit there and wait for a render to take place. And okay, so while you're that. rendering your 3D. Exactly. You go into exactly. the forums and you hang out and you have at it. I, okay, we got your secret. By the way, tell our listeners, what do you do for television? Are you strictly like a video editor? Yeah, I'm an editor and a, an animator. You know, I do a lot of high-end um, 
corporate films and TV commercials, that kind of thing. And do you use Final Cut Pro? I, I do use Final Cut Pro. I use After Effects quite a bit. It's one of the main tools that I use. I, and I use the new Final Cut X um, as well. So uh, I use a lot of different tools, but After Effects, I would say, is probably the thing I'm, I use the most. Well, on our other show, The Tech Night Out Live, I'd like to talk to you about Final Cut Pro 10 because it's so controversial because it has so many big changes. Let's get back to what sure. we're doing. Now, when we planned to have you on a couple of weeks back, we posted an announcement at forum.thepowercast.com to see what our listeners had to say. Right. They say, okay, guys, he's going to be on, definite. Now it's your chance to have that Lance Moody. And they did. And Chris is going to start to ask some of those questions. Well, of course, the first question that comes to mind is, uh, are you paid to do what you do? I mean, that's several people, I think. Uh, and you're looking at the questions as well as I am. This particular one is from Gog Smacky, who's a... Uh, one of our more active members of uh, the forum. And, uh, I mean, Lance, you're spending uh, time uh, disproving things that you don't believe in in, in the first place. And, and that gets back to an earlier question we didn't fully cover, and that is, you know, what, what's your motivation, man? Are you getting paid to do this? I hope so. Let me ask you, you do, do you think there are people like, uh, like me who, who are getting paid by someone to, to be skeptical? I mean, do you really... I would think that there are government uh, employees that are paid to monitor um, certain sites, certain shows. Yeah, absolutely. But specifically, though, the, specifically the the paranormal or the paracast. Do you, do you think that someone might be paid to? I, I'm just asking. I'm not. I'm not uh, accusing or anything. I'm just wondering if you really think someone might have been might be getting a paycheck to uh, uh, talk about skeptical issues. I well, if you want to put it that way, no, I don't. But I do, without any hesitation, uh, think that there are counterintelligence uh, individuals within the intelligence community who are tasked with monitoring, keeping their pulse, you know, finger on the pulse of the paranormal, finding out how floating uh, trial balloons, uh, putting out red herrings, disinformation programs, uh, monitoring the response, seeing how it spun. You're darn tootin'. Well, to answer the question, no, I don't get paid for it. It's it's probably you know it's, it's sort of a hobby. It's it's probably some kind of character flaw <laughs> that I have. It's a lot of a lot of different different things. Just passing the time is is the reason I sometimes and and I have to say I, I don't uh, participate as much as I used to. I, I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but it's it's much less than I used to on the forums. Yeah, it's only when I come up with something that you die yeah. and start dogging me. <laughs> Damn, you're like a pit bull, dude, and you get pretty rude, too. You're, you're like a puppy dog on the show here. But, man, I'll tell you, you are very, very artful the way you use your passive-aggressive technique to ignore all the good stuff that, that I think is important and just look for those chinks in the argument, chinks in the armor, and just start drilling down on it, drilling down, drilling down, drilling down. Exclude everything else. Just drill down on where you see the weak points. And that, to me, is a little disingenuous, but... That's only my opinion. Well, I think that some of that is valid. I mean, I, I think that sometimes, like I said, it may be a little bit of a character flaw, but when people, uh, there is a desire sometimes to set the internet straight. And I have thus far been unsuccessful, but I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be, I mean, you're very good at uh, skirting that um, that line between ad hominem attack and and uh, character assassination, 
you become a master at at it. And I've been taking notes, dude. You know, I'm, I'm actually getting yeah. pretty good at it too. So <laughs> I love our repartee. I mean, it might come across as real mean spirited sometimes, and 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 personal and all this. But I do this and laugh. I mean, to be honest with you, Lance, the vast majority of these subjects and people involved with these subjects and 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 the cultivation of popular, you know, delusion, if you will, to me is fascinating. And like you, um, as you mentioned at the top of the show, I'm really fascinated by the individuals in this field, how certain memes are propagated, how memes uh, somehow get attracted and kind of coalesce together. Uh, this is endlessly fascinating to me, and I, I think we're, we're dealing with, with a very important period of societal and uh, sociological development of belief systems in, in, on the planet. And this whole 2012, Y2012K thing, as I like to refer to it, is a classic example of that. But, you know, people want to know why you care. I mean, why do you even care? You said, well, maybe I could change the Internet. Come on, man. That doesn't wash. Why do you even bother no, I, I was serious about that, that, that you know, people uh, – when you get into an argument or something on the internet, there is this kind of weird thing that overtakes you where you think you've got to get your point in. And I, I'm certainly guilty of that. Uh, you know, usually I think that I try to be – you know, I try to have some sort of connection to the scientific method, to, to trying to get to the truth. And a lot of times, you know, I, I think the other side is is frustrating and it, it's uh, annoying <laughs> to me. And maybe that's why I, if if I make inappropriate comments on a forum, uh, or, or 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 antagonistic comments on a forum, you know, it's not it's not because I haven't heard any antagonistic uh, comments back towards me. You know, it's it's uh, it's just it, it's a two way street sometimes, and it's the motivation is just that I'm interested in the topic, and maybe I think I know something about it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, this one comes from SRL, who's been a longtime member of the forum at forum.theparacast.com. Lance, do you consider yourself a material reductionist, a dualist, an idealist, or perhaps something completely different? Besides, obviously, being a skeptic. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. You know, for me, <laughs> the the things when when I stopped subscribing to Skeptical Inquirer magazine, I, I remember I remember distinctly that they they began to have issues that were like feminism and skepticism and uh, and postmodernism and skepticism. Those are things I'm not really interested in. I, I'm interested in sort of nuts and bolts things, things that can be checked or not checked. Uh, and, and I think almost always you'll find me. If I'm arguing a point, I'm arguing the point of something that somebody's claimed that could possibly be checked or not checked, uh, and, and and that's really where I come from. So I don't I, I don't even know what those terms mean to tell you the truth. Here's a here's a uh, another question from Paul to Worst again, who's one of more our, our more active members on the forum. Lance, have you ever had anything happen to you personally that made you wonder? If there maybe is something to UFOs or the paranormal after all, something in your life, I add, you couldn't satisfactorily explain even after doing some research. And Lance will answer that question <laughs> in a moment. We want to give you a reason to listen to the next segment and to keep on listening. We have Lance Moody, skeptic, joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs>
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dream turns out to be true and thrusts him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now, the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details or to place your order, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, rockoids.com. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, December 14th, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 1697.70. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1739.81, 869.91 for a half ounce, or 434.95 for a quarter ounce. That's 1739.81, 869.91, and 434.95. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. For all women and men who wish their fingernails were harder, this Christmas, wishes come true. Introducing Nails of Steel, a new revolutionary nail hardener. Nails of Steel puts muscle into your soft nails with a creamy, rich, natural herbal formula that is antifungal, hypoallergenic, and biodegradable. Just massage a drop of Nails of Steel over your natural or polished nails and go. With Nails of Steel, there's virtually no drying time within the first week, you'll notice your nails getting stronger to eliminate breaking, chipping, splitting, hangnails, and fungus. Nails of Steel makes a great stocking stuffer for women or men. And right now, get three one-ounce bottles for only $74.95. That's about a $5 price break on each bottle that'll last you for months. Visit NailsofSteel.com. That's NailsofSteel.com. Nails of Steel. It's like a salon in a bottle. Hi, my name is Annette, and due to menopause symptoms for nearly two years, I suffered severe hot flashes, which prevented me from sleeping all night. It was so hard to work because I continued all day to have the hot flashes from hell. I was exhausted and depleted. After only three weeks on One World Way, I have no hot flashes, and I'm sleeping normally again. I feel energized and strong. This is an amazing product. It is a little-known fact that every single cell of your body is supposed to produce 10% of its protein content as glutathione. 
but due to toxicity and aging, it does not. Could glutathione be a missing factor in optimal cell function for your entire body? If you restore the optimal glutathione levels in your cells, especially your glands and organs, then as a result, your glands and organs work better. Imagine the quality of life improvement you might have. To order One World Way, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I see Chris is channeling his inner trickster. So the question was asked from our forum members at forum.theparacast.com of Lance Moody. Yeah. Have you ever had anything happen that made you scratch your head and go, that cannot be? Or what was that light that just zigzagged in the sky in a non-ballistic manner, etc.? And don't say who was that masked man. Well, I do remember. I remember a couple of things when I was a kid. Uh, one of the things that, that I, I, I still remember clearly was uh, being outside at night, uh, you know, uh, dusk or, or, or night. And... Um, the Goodyear blimp was coming over the uh, a wooded area away from my house, and it had lights on. You know, I, the, these uh, blimps have these lights that can do advertising uh, symbols and stuff like that. I remember when I first saw that, I did not know what the heck that was. Just all I could see was the lights. I couldn't tell it was the the blimp, and th- that is a really an awe-inspiring sight. And you, s- I think people maybe are hardwired when they see something in the sky. Maybe it's maybe it goes back to uh, you know to ancient days that that there's this this awe that takes place when you see something that you don't understand in the sky, and I certainly felt that then. Of course, it, it wasn't an unexplained thing because I immediately realized it was a uh, was a blimp. Now, on a similar topic, I remember riding my bike, and uh, I was over in an apartment complex, and I looked up in the sky, and there was a thing that I thought. My mind tells me that I thought it was like a window in the sky, like a just a, a very scary-looking lit-up window in the sky. And I didn't know what the heck it was. I kept driving my bike, and I drove around, and I saw a group of people that were uh, at one of the – in the parking areas there at that uh, apartment complex. And I drove up and, and sort of uh, asked them what was going on. They were all looking at this thing too. And it turns out that they were doing that famous hoax thing where you take a, uh, a laundry bag and turn it upside down and you put two balsa wood sticks uh, crossed with each other at the bottom of the bag and put candles on it and light it up and it fills with hot air and it floats in the sky. If I hadn't have come across those people, I probably would be telling you stuff about my UFO encounter. But I, I did come across those people and I did get to understand what it was. But when I first saw it, it was something I, if, if I was asked to later explain it, I wouldn't have been able to explain it at all. So the short answer is no. You haven't I, had an experience I, in your life that you couldn't explain. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if those were boring stories, but yeah, that's, that's the case. Here's one again from Gogsmacky, who's asked a, a number of very good questions here. What, in your estimation, are the top three mistakes that UFO enthusiasts, and that's kind of our operative word here, continually make? And then he goes on to say, I mean, what are the logical pitfalls and traps that you feel they are constantly walking into, like a uh, 
closed door, I might add. Yeah. Uh, so like, uh, for instance, people as- ascribe intelligence to the things, to lights they see in the sky. They estimate uh, – this is sort of a basic thing, but they, they think they can estimate size and distance for something they see in the sky without any reference. Well, you're talking common. nighttime or daytime or both? Yeah, either, either. Yeah, okay. uh, but, but typically I, I nighttime. Daytime, you know, if there's points of reference, you can get a sense. It's kind of hard to, to miss something that, in my case, in September 92, that flew not even 150 feet away from me in broad daylight, right across, uh, just feet off the road, and zipped out across uh, a valley. I was able, I was in the passenger seat and was able to you know, get some binoculars on it. It's kind of hard not to be able to estimate distance when it's 150 feet away, but, but continue. You know, those kinds of things are the, are, are what I would, what I would say is that people, let me, let me just tell you this with an example. The, when those guys in uh, Morristown, New Jersey did the, that horrible hoax they did where they sent up some balloons uh, with flares, I think there was a lot of witness. There were a lot of witnesses and there was a lot of witness testimony. The witnesses did describe things that those balloons could not have been doing. They described the balloons zooming off. They described them as being in formation. They described, they described several things that could not have actually happened with those balloons. Uh, and I, I don't agree with the idea of doing the hoax in the first place. But that should tell you that people aren't good at reporting what they see they, they just aren't i mean there's just know no that. question yeah witness it. testimony is often the least reliable and and we've discussed this many times as you know on the paracast uh it's when you get groups of people together that it gets really interesting and, and those kinds of things are, are rare the uh, idea of ufos should be solved by now i mean that to me is really the the bottom line yeah wait when, wait a minute why should it be solved if it has a conventional explanation i would agree with you but if it's something that is still alien to us, how would it be solved? I guess I should say if it can be solved, it should be solved. You know, Arthur C. Clarke was on uh, Long John Nebel's program and talking about UFOs. And Long John asked him what he thought about them. And he said, you know, if, if there weren't so many reports, I would think there probably was something to it. But the fact that there's so many reports and that they don't ever coalesce into anything tangible into anything that can be studied that makes me think that it's probably more along the lines of and i'm paraphrasing him obviously uh more along the lines of of a social phenomenon a a a, a social construct even if you consider the fact that maybe 90 or 95 percent of those cases are conventional now allowing for the possibility that a small number are not yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's much easier. I, I think I, I hear that argument a lot, but why would you go in the direction of – if you've got something where you're able to throw away 99% of the cases or whatever the percentage is, I think that percentage thing is sort of a, a misleading uh, uh, number. But, yeah, but wait a minute here. All you but, need is one real case to have a mystery. Fine, uh, you know. In the you Air have Force themselves the- said that what five, I think, percent uh, were un- true unknowns. Well, well, here's an example for you, Lance. I mean, I, I had a, and still do have an extensive network of sky watchers uh, in the San Luis Valley, which I consider to be a UFO hotspot, if you will, a paranormal hotspot, for that matter. And how can we have waves of activity with as many as nineteen or seventeen calls? I think was my record for one day. And then all of a sudden everything drops off and you don't have a call for months. 
Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for your specific case. I mean, I can tell you that you know the classic example is the there was a uh, zoo in um, I believe Denmark, and uh, the zoo had a red panda that that escaped. And they reported this uh, escape to the newspapers. The newspapers published this along with a description of the animal. People began to see the animal all over the place. They began reporting the animal over and over again. The, there are no red panda, pandas, I might add, in, uh, in uh, wherever this was, Denmark. But, but it was subsequently found that the panda was killed very near the zoo. It was killed at a railroad track very near the zoo very soon after it had escaped. The reports continued until the newspaper finally reported that the panda had been found. People weren't seeing a red panda, but they were claiming that they were seeing a red panda. How so, you therefore, that? you're saying that if something unusual is reported, it's going to be like sympathy paints. Other people will see it yeah. too. We're going to well, as soon as the media it. gets involved, yeah. I mean, that, that obviously. We have Lance Moody, skeptic, joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com if you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. You land in Buenos Aires, then are shuttled to Santa Rosa, where a nicely furnished cabin with all amenities, Wi-Fi, executive food and wine, and laundry service awaits. After a good night's sleep, your adventure begins. You're on a golden stag safari for big game. But it's not Africa, it's Argentina. 
one-on-one guided hunts for water buffalo, cougar, bighorn rams, wild boar, and the biggest stag deer in South America. All gold medal quality. All the action you can handle. Land Rovers, top rental guns with scopes, all food, beverages, hunting guides, ground transportation included, and more, all more affordable than you can imagine. The adventure of a lifetime starts at GoldenStagSafaris.com, the big game hunting ranch, GoldenStagSafaris.com. Millions of people are going to get sick this winter from colds, flu, and other illnesses. Don't be one of them. Protect yourself with Supernatural Silver, a revolutionary new broad-spectrum antibacterial solution. Recent advances in silver technology have resulted in a silver solution that can be used daily to prevent bacteria, viruses, mold, and food poisoning, and help improve wound healing. Supernatural Silver is safe enough to consume every day, while powerful enough to destroy the causes of many serious diseases, such as strep, staph, pneumonia, cold, flus, and other harmful pathogens. This new technology has the ability to terminate entire colonies of harmful bacteria at several hundred times the effectiveness of colloidal or ionic silver solutions. The Science Digest Journal says silver is our mightiest germ fighter. It is virtually non-toxic and is emerging as a wonder of modern medicine. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com today and use the promo code SILVER2012 for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com and like us on Facebook. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Lance Moody joining us, we're pointing out, as I said, and Chris was going to pick up on this, sympathy pains, I would call it, where someone sees something strange, and then lots of people see it, and you wonder, is it just mob rule or what? Well, it's the media. As soon as the media gets involved, then people, you know, become aware uh, or are motivated to be more aware of their surroundings and maybe are excited that maybe they're going to see something, too. And then you do see a spike in, uh, in, you know, reports and that sort of thing. The the same holds true in the cattle mutilation phenomenon. After, you know, you have a, a high strange case or two and it hits the papers or, you know, makes the rounds of the rumor mill of the ranching community and uh, and then does have some press, uh, is some ink is spent on it, then every dead cow seen by an untrained amateur eye appears to be mutilated. And uh, believe me, I put 300,000 miles on my truck in six years chasing around after cases. I mean, I drive an hour and a half and get to a case and go, oh my, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know? So it, 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 there is that kind of snowball rolling down the hill I think effect that you're gonna you're gonna just it's built into the scenario as soon as the media gets that word out that's why I think it's important for investigators to not immediately go to the media I mean I could start naming some names here of investigators that do this because as soon as the media gets involved and starts propagating you know your particular pet theory out there then that's gonna create potentially a lot of time wasting so I, I think it's important, uh, the scientific method, as Lance uh, you know, and other skeptics are continuously banging us over the head to remember, is a point well taken. We need to get all the information 
We need to do all the serious field research and in, in, in investigative work and even the analytical work before we start to trumpet whatever case we're really jazzed by and all that. And, and early on, I was, I, you know, I was guilty of this uh, before you know, I quickly learned better you know, and, and learned that that uh, was just going to make more ridiculous time-wasting work for myself. So that's a point well, well this, this recent. This recent story about this supposed Bigfoot DNA sequencing is yeah, a perfect example. example. Nothing has been revealed. There is no story at the moment. And yet I heard a guy on the Paracast a week or two ago talking about all the things that were going to happen. That Not only has, has there been no actual paper released, but I've heard from other people, actual actual doctors who you know their job is sequencing primate DNA – uh, this was on the the show called Monster Talk. This guy, you know, he made it very clear that not only uh, not only is there no story yet, but that the the press release that's been put out is nonsensical. It doesn't it doesn't even make sense to a person who's actually trained in that. I hope they didn't use the word angel DNA as as has been claimed in the paper because boy, that's not going to get any peer review uh, at all. There's no chance of it. And the the idea of this uh, this lady who uh, my understanding is that she has seen Bigfoot but been ordered not to take photographs of them that she's I don't know has somehow communicated with big big feet Bigfoots to me it, it's such a silly story and, and would you would you really want to get your information about Bigfoot from a veterinarian who uses DNA to establish the breed of dogs that's her use of DNA or from a guy that does that is the premier uh, researcher in that field, which, which this Todd, I believe his name is Todd DeSotel. DeSotel. You know, to me, it's just amazing that people even, and, and I think this is one of the things that maybe people complain about about skeptics, is that yes, you know, often I have like a very negative reaction to something, something maybe that you say, for instance. Oh, I think but, you're kind of understating <laughs> that a little bit. <laughs> but but the reason the reason is that. I've seen it so many times before. I think I earn my annoyance by the fact that this these Bigfoot this Bigfoot story, I've seen 10 different Bigfoot stories that are similar, like the guys that had the supposed frozen Bigfoot in their in their um, freezer uh-huh. that went on for a while. You know, <laughs> well, these we don't want to just, mention that one. Yeah, th- these things are just so dumb and 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 in particular this uh Ketchum thing it, is idiotic. It, it's not a story. It, it it's dumb and I don't know why it gets attention. It's annoying to me that it does, and because it, it's not scientific, it's not how science is done. It has nothing to do with science. Well, you see, here's the point: here, if and when an actual report comes out, if and when it has peer review, whatever, if and when you can actually look at some documentation to see what it's all about, then I think it's fair to talk about. It. Right now, we're just whistling in the dark. Another question, Chris. Here's another one from Gog Smacky. Uh, it's a, it's a good question, I think. Have you ever disagreed with other skeptics? And um, I'm kind of paraphrasing a long question, but do you think the skeptical community is always honest? Do you think that there are some people that are out there uh, possibly twisting things a little bit to make a point? Or do you think all you guys out there are just straight ahead, straight shooters that are not, uh, you know, ignoring certain, uh, let's say, uh, telltale evidence, that sort of thing? For instance, in the Skinwalker Ranch case, I haven't seen the skeptics really take on the National Institute of Discovery Sciences and world-class science that supposedly was uh, occurring up at that ranch for a decade. Um, 
do you think that there is uh, maybe a little bit of confabulation and twisting of stuff in the skeptical community? Well, as to the question of whether or not we disagree with each other, yeah, I think that does happen. It's uh, frequently I came across people in the skeptical group, that this local skeptical group, who they weren't, to my mind, skeptics because they might have been skeptical in one particular uh, subject, but they weren't skeptical about you know, you know, maybe they they agreed with me on UFOs, but they had a ghost story to tell me or something like that. So yeah, I I don't know if there is really like a, a, a you know a, an actual specimen a skepticism a specimen that is that is a skeptic, right? But but I try to be a skeptic, and I and I hope th- I hope that I am, and I hope and I hope that I've uh, you know tried to use the the techniques of, of the, the tenets of skepticism in, in, in what I do. I don't know that I'm always successful, but, uh, you know, that's, I think there's, a, there's as many different kinds of skeptics as there are different people. Yeah, I, I think that's a good answer. And, uh, I think Gene would agree with me on that. Okay. Well, there's a bunch of stuff here about nine, nine 11. I don't want to get into any of that. Uh, it's to me, it's just, uh, it's really an unfortunate uh, state of events that happened to our country. Um, Lance, this comes from Boomerang. He, again, is one of our more active uh, participants at forum.theparacast.com. And um, he can't actually reference the exact quote, but he says, No less than the late Admiral Nor- Lord Hill Norton has gone on public record stating that the Rendlesham incident can only have one of two general explanations, either something truly extraordinary happened in the forest in December 80, or dozens of highly trained and responsible American Air Force personnel were somehow dysfunctional. What is your take on this particular incident and many others like it involving highly credible personnel reporting incredible events? Well, I'm not an expert on on, on the uh, Rendlesham case, but but uh, I would just say that what I've read about it, it's it's not dozens of people involved. First off, it it it's just a very small number of people, and their story is their story is consistent with what some of the skeptics have have proposed, which was you know it has to, it involves that that lighthouse. It involves. Uh, well, come know. on, Lance. That that's real. I think been effectively uh, that debunking has been debunked. There's no way that that lighthouse, even taking into account the amount of growth in the trees since '80, it's. I think it's been pretty well determined that that couldn't be an explanation because the lighthouse didn't even go around in its revolution that that far. So uh, I mean, but continue. I've seen a video of that lighthouse that you can see it from the position that the men were supposedly in. You know, it, it's uh, yeah, but the guys saw that lighthouse every every patrol. I mean, it's not like they were there for the first time, and and it was a standalone event. I agree here. I mean, after seeing this over and over again, day after day, night after night, you think they'd recognize it. So here we go. More standalone events coming up with Lance Moody. And Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Attention, this is an announcement for our listeners who drive gasoline vehicles. Federal Consumer Protection has confirmed that there is now an automotive accessory that exceeds its own fuel-saving claims. Consumer Protection has confirmed that most gasoline vehicles will get 22% more miles per gallon with an accessory called Platinum 22. To find out if Platinum 22 will give your vehicle 22% more miles per gallon, you should call 1-800-LESS-GAS. You heard me correctly, 1-800-LESS-GAS. You heard me. Federal Consumer Protection has confirmed that the Platinum 22 accessory will deliver 22% more miles per gallon to most gasoline vehicles. You should pick up the phone and call 1-800-LESS-GAS to find out if it will help your vehicle. That's 1-800-LESSGAS. 1-800-LESSGAS. 22% more miles per gallon. 1-800-LESS-GAS. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker alex jones here with a message that could revolutionize health in this country Going back about a year and a half ago, I began to learn about the incredible health effects of Longevity products. Aaron Dykes lost 92 pounds. We're going to show you some before and afters. Aaron, break down what happened, your story. I've worked really hard with diet and exercise to try to lose weight, but I just didn't get the results. It just didn't happen. Then I saw what you were doing with InfoWarsTeam.com. I wasn't even trying to lose weight, but I got it because I wanted to feel better energy. I wanted that nutrition. Didn't even understand how that could kickstart my own weight loss goals. But the products did that for me. I found myself suddenly losing weight, more energetic, wanting to exercise, wanting to eat the right foods. And they don't even advertise it as weight loss. I want to challenge our radio listeners to go to InfoWarsTeam.com. Sign up as a distributor and get wholesale pricing discounts at InfoWarsTeam.com. 
Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. We have Lance Moody joining Gene and Chris on the Paracast, and we're talking about Rendlesham Forest and whether a lighthouse may have been at least partly responsible. Chris, you want to pick up on it, and then we'll have Lance's response? Well, uh, again, you know, I mean, I'm I'm just reading questions here. I mean, Rendlesham, to me, is is a very interesting case. I'm not convinced one way or another. I think there have been information over the years, uh, similar to your description of Ralph Ring. Uh, things have kind of grown a little bit, I think, over the years. But I do agree with Boomerang. This is a important case. And when an admiral goes on record saying, hey, either these guys are dysfunctional or something something truly strange happened there. I mean, you know, this whole skeptical argument that, that a lighthouse that's there every night is now all of a sudden going to be uh, responsible for an event that of this of this nature. And we do have very good documentation. We have audio recordings. We've we've got uh, you know, Charles Halt and other people that have come forward. Are there any cases, Lance, that you feel could possibly be the real deal? Let, let me just say that first off on Rendlesham, I, I, you know, I'm not up to – I don't have the facts in front of me. I'd be happy to talk about it. I, I have read about it and know more about it, but I, I can't just, just uh, bring it to mind at the moment. The, uh, as far as cases that I, I – I have cases that I think are really interesting, none that I think are – Unexplainable. Uh, you know, I love the Valentic case. I love the the Trent photos. I think all these things are are are, are, are cool. I love the uh, Heflin photos, but that doesn't mean I don't think that they're they can be explained conventionally. Okay. Well, um, so in other words, what you're basically saying, and what I'm hearing here, uh, Gene, correct me if I'm wrong, is that everything that is claimed to be some sort of unusual, unexplained, you know, paranormal-type event can be explained. You're saying no. that none of this stuff is... No, I'm not saying... Some things okay, can't so be... Ex- uh, why don't you correct me and, and uh, sure. tell me your thinking on this. Sure. Some things can't be explained because we just don't have the data. We're not ever going to have the data. So I, my belief is that they probably could be explained conventionally, but we don't have enough data to do so. So, so that, that's a difference than me saying that they just can't. They, you know, they can all be explained because that, that's not that's not the truth. What I'm saying is that I, I know of no case for which the evidence is compelling to indicate a paranormal uh, source. And yet, and, you know, one of the things that that I think uh, UFO believers and UFO proponents should think about is the fact that whenever these collections of the best cases are collected, like the ten best cases or whatever. You know, most of those cases all have – most of those cases have problems of some kind. They're, they're, they're not great cases. They're, they're, you know, there's problems with the Trent photos. There's problems with the uh, RB47. There's, there's problems with any of – with all the cases that are considered the best cases. And if your best cases have problems, shouldn't that give you a room for thought? Well, Lance, maybe- you know, again, it comes down to <laughs> – to your definition of problems, what about uh, how up to speed are you on the Sherman Ranch case and, and Not the documentation all. of of one camera filming another camera while wires are ripped out on camera and there's no evidence of that visually? 
Where this is, is that video? This, this is a world-class uh, team of scientists here now. We're not talking, you know, uh, Matt Moneymaker uh, banging on a tree in the woods and making howling noises. I don't know about that case. Where can I see that video? You can go to Hunt for the Skinwalker, and then you can go ahead and put a request into Robert Bigelow and, uh, and maybe kind so of the video, the video on your is knees not a, The video is not the video. available. Have you seen the video? I, I, I believe the story. I have not seen the video well, I see, believe this is, the, the story. this is kind of the problem, Chris. I mean, okay, this, this I, is where well, you and I would disagree. No, Lance, the problem is this, that we have a billionaire that has hired a world-class team of scientists to do quality, cutting-edge research and investigation and then totally keeping all that data to himself. So are you suggesting that, that Colm Kelleher, a I think he's got a Ph.D. in microbiology, uh, the managing director, and George Knapp. You know, uh, I mean, Las Vegas' top investigative reporter broke the Area 51 story back in the 80s, blah, blah, blah. So you Big think that they're just giving us a snow job? As well. you, know, they, you think they're giving us a snow job? I don't know what they're giving us, but I'm telling you that if you haven't seen the evidence, you shouldn't say that you shouldn't just blindly support the evidence. So a lot of times, like for instance, Ted Phillips was on your program, and he talked over and over about how great this photograph he had of this huge dog-like, wolf-like, gigantic thing that he'd taken a picture of was. He talked about it for at length and then promised to give us the picture. When we finally got the picture, it was nothing of the sort. It was, it was a ridiculous thing. A blob squatch. Yeah, and, and that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Why would you say that – because people, people do. They exaggerate these things, they, particularly when they're writing books. You know, they, so, they so world-class scientists uh, exaggerate. Well, you're using the term world-class science. I don't know who he is or who you're talking about, but the – Well, Eric Davis, Kit Green. I mean there, there were some very good scientists involved with NIDS. I, you know, maybe you should do a little research on that because Bigelow um, had deep pockets and he made sure he had overqualified people um, involved. How about the case of the cat calf mutilation that happened allegedly in broad daylight? The rancher and his wife were 300 to 400 yards away. They had just inspected the, the newborn calf. Walked to inspect the next calf and mother, came back, and the calf had been mutilated. Immediately, Bigelow dispatched a veterinary pathologist and a team of investigators that went up to the ranch and documented the scene. I have seen photographs of that particular case and read uh, pretty detailed descriptions of the actual necropsy and other things that were taking place. How do you explain something like that? Well, I mean, I don't know anything about it, so how can I explain? You know, I, I, have no, I have no knowledge of it whatsoever. Well, there are cases, Lance, believe it or not, that would make me sit up and go, hmm. And, you know, every case that's out there, I mean, obviously, 9 out of 10, there's going to be some plausible deniability. We're going to have some uh, wiggle factor. But uh, there it is. Just seems a- like, it seems like whenever there's supposedly this, this convincing uh, data, this convincing video, for instance, it never seems to quite be available. And same thing with your friend Ray Stanford. He supposedly has this fantastic video, and yet no one can see it. And th- this, this is a single video, out- Lance. He has, he has actual analog films. Right. Right, he has films, uh, films supposedly so close that you can see inside the flying saucers. I've but, seen stills from those, by the way. Right, but no one else has. No one. It's not out for anyone else to to uh, analyze, to look at. And and we were just talking about releasing uh, uh, information to the public and the media, and how that is is really a no no. And you need to do all your scientific 
uh, dotting of the I's and crossing of the T's before we release data. So you can't have it both ways, Lance. Either you go and do it in a scientific method and do it correctly with peer review and don't release your data no matter who wants it, or you go ahead and do you know, the Melba Ketchum uh, route of allowing it to be leaked and shooting yourself in the foot before the thing even gets off the ground. So well, you can't cases, have it both ways, Lance. I don't want – I, don't get me started here, okay? <laughs> I have spent a lot of time identifying the most important people in the field in terms of what I think are the individuals that are doing groundbreaking work that can take this whole subject area forward, okay? I'm, not, I'm serious about this. Ray Stanford is one of those people. I don't care what anybody says. I've spent so much time with this guy. I've seen his evidence. You haven't. Well, like, like everyone else, then I'll just wait for the scientific reports. But until then, you don't have anything. I think fair enough. We can always hope before Ray leaves us that we'll get to see some more of his evidence. Certainly the stuff he's done. It's ichnology. It's a study of dinosaur trace evidence. Or, or Absolutely. Absolutely. Of it. Sure, but they, the stu- uh, that his, stuff, his, I read the story in the Washington Post. Well, if he can do this it looking down, believe me, he can do it looking up. And, and, the, and the world will, will find out about it eventually when, when he's ready. When he's, I'm, I'm not pressing him to, uh, and he's not. Well, I hope he he's not in a position to be pressed right now. He's, uh, he's, he's a man on a mission. This has been a fascinating discussion, neighbors. This has been a lot of fun watching Chris and Lance go at it there, especially the last few minutes. Lance, where do we find more of your stuff? Well, I don't know that I really have any stuff, but I do have a blog at uh, notaghost.com, and I very rarely write there, but if you're interested in uh, reading some of that stuff, I do write up uh, – the thing about Imbrogno, if you're interested in reading that. And that's about it. I don't have any books or anything to sell. Okay, but you can also <laughs> find him over at forum.theparacast.com. You can find Chris O'Brien at ourstrangeplanet.com, in addition to being a moderator on our forums. And we'll have more excitement next week, as always, on The Paracast. You can find us at theparacast.com or our forums at forum.theparacast.com. Lance Moody. Thank you so much for being a mensch and joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.